Download the podcast post show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen. Two o'clock. Two o'clock on a Wednesday. You are hearing the trippy music. And you know what that means. That means it's time. Time for there are some who call me Tim. Some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio, the show where we talk about God stuff and religion and stuff, the things that keep you alive. I have a special guest, comedian Jen Levendusky, today on the program. Hey, Pam. How are you? Hi, I'm super great. So excited to see you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So the reason that I called this show Some Call Me Tim is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Tim the Enchanter. And I love that movie so much, and it's on Netflix right now. Yay! So you can watch it again and again and again. Because it's these guys that are going out in search of the Holy Grail, and then all of these crazy things happen, and God's like a fucking big head in the sky. And at the end, you realize it was all just dumb and for nothing. So I love that. It's just a movie. But it's the same thing with, like, whether we're raised religious. I have a big beautiful picture of sparkle jesus and I, I usually ask my guest jen levendusky to look deep into the eyes of sparkle jesus do you believe in jesus i first i want is i like the fact that somebody scratched idol <laughs> around sparkle jesus's head that really i mean maybe it's just because i've been binge watching a lot of survivor but i'm just i'm having a moment here i also love survivor uh, i have never had never seen it before ever in the whole world and uh um, like amazon streaming was like hey remember that time you watched 10 seasons of the amazing race you'd probably like survivor and i was like that's so weird i've I don't, like i had again just this like pop culture blind spot so i watched the first season and then i was like oh uh, richard this is the most compelling thing that i have ever seen in my entire life absolutely yeah i'm uh yeah i'm are you gonna try out no, God, no. I have been dreaming of it for so long. Oh, yeah. And I tried to yeah. make a... I'm too old now, I think. Mm. But I tried to make a video. I'm not too old. Like, I, 10 years ago, I think I would have been good. But now, like, man, I, I sometimes I wake up and I'm like, yeah. and I'm in a bed. And they're, like, on sticks and rocks. And yeah. sand. I don't understand why they don't sleep in the sand, but I think it's because of all the ants. Yeah, I think it's because there's the bugs and the crabs and the and, and I feel like the sand probably gets damp at night yeah. with the yeah anyway but I have I I'm taking a little bit of time off between jobs right now and I've literally watched like 23 seasons of Survivor in the last three weeks I okay so I love I, this is so funny I love the blood versus water one because I always imagine that mm-hmm. if so my boyfriend is 10 years my junior and he's a doll and um and he's so good looking and he's good at things like you know he can do a backflip shit like that like he skateboards or whatever plays skateboard hockey he's a weirdo but he could swim no like in a good way skateboard hockey yeah isn't it cool it's on Friday nights down at Petrera these guys these guys play skateboard hockey that's intense yeah so they all have hockey sticks and they play with a Sapporo can <laughs> you have to drink the Sapporo and then you and then it gets smaller and smaller throughout the game as they hit it around it's a crazy game but he is I think he would win it would be terrible if we got separated, but it'd be great because we'd both build our alliances and then we'd come back together. And of course, we'd never turn on each other. Although, no, I'd never turn on him. <laughs> no, I'd never turn on him because because that would be that'd be crazy. And I'd need him because I'd need his vote with me all the time. Mm. There's some crazy strategy to it. I think it's and 
Some people get through like the guy who could swim in the fish and when he was alone on that island and he was like, I fucking love this. I love being alone on that. This is good. Give me, make it difficult. He's like, this game is great. Keep me on the island. You can't vote me off. I don't have to deal with the drama. I'm eating great. That I love that guy. He was climbing trees. That's, Aussie. Aussie. That's yeah. what Jonathan would be like, the Aussie. So he, he would obviously make it to the end and hopefully I'd be the... I'd be like, just vote with me. Like, I'll I'll be the one to screw everybody over you. Just stay nice. But the reason they'd keep me is that I know how to cook. I can denature protein over heat. I also can find things in the wilderness that I know are edible. And I can, you know, I'd be like, I don't understand why they don't make... They don't make um, their rice with salt water, you dumb fucks. I never understood that. that. Like, why wouldn't you just let some salt out to evaporate so then you'd have salt to put in the stuff? Because they're stupid. Somebody has figured that out and they just haven't televised it, right? Like, somebody has done that? I can't believe that they w- wouldn't do it. I, I mean, the hardest thing for me would be not smoking pot for four, six, 40 days. Mm. I also don't understand how nobody, that very few seasons figure out that if you put a hole in the middle of your shelter and keep your fire under it, then your fire doesn't go out in the rain. Like, why don't they put fire in the covered part? Like, I don't, because then it's, you get all these montages of miserable people in the rain, and it's like, guys, you built this huge structure. I get that you want to sleep in a straight line, but if you made it just a little bigger, put a hole in the middle, there's your fire. Right. I and ju- you could make it, and it's hard to build things round, but why not? Like, sure. you can all sleep around the fire you could put your head near the fire you could be away from the fire you d- yeah the, this is in my three weeks of really intense survivor fandom that i have just come off of i just these are the things that i don't understand it's my that you know when people say what's your like secret thing that you do the, like that you're what's the word for it secret guilty pleasure guilty pleasure it for me it's definitely survivor <laughs> it's so compelling i love it and some people hate it it's like you make all these new friends. Do you ever, my favorite thing to do is try to guess from the beginning who's going to win. Do you know you can, you can do it in Vegas? You can try to win money on it in Vegas. But it doesn't make sense because everyone already knows the answer. We just don't know the answer. Sure. But they all have to sign these million dollar silence clauses. Indeed. And it's yeah. no joke. Um, but... Because Vegas, you could actually bet money on who's going to win Survivor. Well, now there's also this whole like subculture of, they're called the edgic, which is how can you tell who the winner is based on their edit? So it's like, you oh. bet not on what you think of the people, but what you bet, like you bet on what you think of the editing. Sure. I've read like, so then I've been reading like edgic analysis. I've had a lot of time. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. They give people time in the beginning who are going to get knocked off right so you can kind of tell who's going to be out the first you can always kind of tell the person who's going to be voted out the first because it's like they're the annoying person that nobody likes they just don't bond with anybody right yeah or the or the person who looks utterly useless right yeah <laughs> utterly useless or the person who is utterly yeah, yeah useless yeah that's see that's how i would make myself indispensable i'd be constantly collecting firewood mm-hmm. and i'd be constantly looking for immunity idols you dummies <laughs> just go out for firewood all the time you'll find one and um i'd be fishing a lot i'd be out there getting you know when the tide is out i'd be getting mussels and you know things off the rocks little snails cook them in the rice I feel like you'd do really well yeah I feel like I don't like to go outside when it's too humid my hair does things so like, <laughs> it's not like my jam per se but yeah I would th- I would have so much fun talking to the camera and I, I so I tried to make a video for it last year and I started t- taping things like 30 second clips and I, I just don't know how to put things together to send it to them because I'm just not technically advanced like that but I was doing sets and I was like alright everybody say hi to the survivor camera this uh. is what I do I you know I'm a stand up comedian because if it said 
Pam Benjamin, Mutiny Radio, or Pam Benjamin, Comedian. Bala! Right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't get some Netflix special being like, I was the Survivor Girl! <laughs> like, right? And it would be, it'd be fun because I'd like probably get really in shape and um, and I'm like one of those good attitude kind of people that would be like, boobity-doo, let's go team! Like, I'm a cheerleader, so I want to win Survivor. I, I might be okay. So, uh, what what's your what system? You make you make real money in real life. I, you I, not just you don't just do stand up comedy. No 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 no. I, I have a career in corporate marketing. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Fair. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, no. I, I went to business school. I got my MBA. Wow. 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 Yeah. I I suck at business. Look, I run Mutiny Radio. It's like <laughs> so. I just figured out. I'm really excited this year. I might not have to pay my taxes because we don't have a government. <laughs> oh lord! Do we still have to pay taxes if we don't have a government? I I think so. Yes. <laughs> I'm not paying taxes. Fuck it. When are we gonna? Who's gonna get the IRS is closed, isn't it? Aren't they a government agency? They are. They are a government agency. I read one of the things that I read was that like that's one of those ones that there's absolutely no no call out thing around because people need to get their tax returns. So they're mm. I think they're one of the agencies that's gonna stay open, uh, despite despite the shutdown. That's, right. that's the last I read. So I would think if they're staying open to give people their money back, then they probably also want. Money. The but mo- I, right who knows it's know. shut down uh back to jesus jesus do uh so do you do do, do you believe in jesus do I believe did in you jesus? did you believe in jesus you brought this beautiful I, bible i did i brought it i brought an artifact from my childhood no i mean i i no i believe i believe jesus was a dude he he he's he's a dude who lived and did probably did the things that he he said he did i i think that the uh I think that the interpretation of Jesus that like modern Christianity has mm. is one way to tell a story. Mm. I think that the like I, I'm kind of one of those like God is God is God people, and sure, all of sure, the sure, different sure. religions are really just telling the same story over and over and over again, right. just with slight permutations. Fair. Um, and so I I grew up in like a terrifyingly conservative church. Ooh. Um, like Helen Brinstone kind of? Oh, yeah. Conservative. Like, like, uh, no like, dancing? No dancing? Oh, uh, young ladies do not frequent gin mills. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, and no dancing, wow. and no music, and like, no... Wow! Like, like the church that I, my mom wow. sent me to when I was a kid was so conservative that they thought that the Baptists were getting a little too liberal. Wow! So they, they broke away from the Baptist coalition and were just a Bible chapel. Whoa! So, uh, and, uh, and I think it's really, and I think, like, I feel like, I mean, everyone has a good story, but like, I think, it's funny, I have, uh, I have older brothers who are like 15, 16 years older than I am, and they were degenerates excuse me 15 16 years older than you so they're 15 months apart and then there's 15 years and then there's me wow at the same mom same mom yeah they call me whoops she was she was really young when she had them and then wow okay and they were uh degenerates pretty much um and like you know my mom could tell that they were not on a good path and i think she kind of saw me as like the second chance and the way she was gonna do that was to throw me at church but nobody was like she never went with me she just like dropped me off no way and so i was like i mean i was a child i was like six or seven and they'd be like excuse me unattended child why are you here they're like oh well like my mom dropped me off they're like where's your mom i was like i don't know probably mowing the lawn like (laughs) you get the oh all right good and like i was weird and precocious and like fine so it was fine um but being in such like a hell and brimstone church 
and being the only person from my lineage there, I'd go home and I'd be like, but guys, like, don't you realize you're going to go to hell? Right. So it was a little... You were Debbie Downer over there on the I dinner was, table. I was just, well, I was, I was just like sad. Yeah. You were sad for them because yeah. they were, they didn't have Jesus Christ as their Lord mm-hmm. and Savior and yeah. they were, they couldn't, they, how could they possibly live their life without yep. him in this, in their heart? How would Jesus do on Survivor? Well, I mean, he can take two fish and turn them into forty. That's, so uh, do pretty well. Good I think point. he'd be. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be a pretty popular guy. Uh, I I wonder. There's so many examples in the Bible of him being like just a really great socialist, and it's funny how Christianity now is this conservative Republican stronghold where he was like the first socialist, like communist even. It it. Oh, I have never been more horrified in my entire life by anything on the internet than by like the rhetoric from the little old ladies that I went to church with when I was a kid yeah. who are the biggest ardent Donald Trump supporters that have ever existed. Wow, and women? I, and like, women, yeah. So all of the little, I mean, and they were little old ladies when I was a kid, so now they're ancient, right? Right, right. And they're just, and they're like, no, Donald Trump was, a, a you know, anointed by God and he's this and he's that and he's this and wow. he's that. And like, you're nuts. Well, he's a misogynist. And I can't believe, I guess some old ladies are like, we want it. America, America, great, make great America, make a great America great again back in the 50s when we were in kitchens and everyone took care of us and we didn't have to work for ourselves. Or I mean, what is it? What are old ladies? They just old ladies for misogyny. They're like, yeah, screw women. We suck. I mean, <laughs> there's certainly, there's certainly an undercurrent of that. Like I, I like, I think like the tenets of Christianity are not necessarily bad things, right? Like treat your neighbor as yourself. Don't, sure. don't judge people, love everyone. Like, I mean, essentially the, the basic tenets of actual Christianity are like don't be a dick yeah it's good stuff right it's it's yeah. not it's not bad yeah. stuff yeah the what it's morphed into kind of in this like modern b- b- nonsense yeah. it is yeah it is the most it, it's so hypocritical it makes me so angry i've gotten into so many fights with little ladies on the internet about how they're fundamental hypocrites which is not a good way to spend your time just be <laughs> dubs like and like and then the little lady they just like start I mean one of the exchanges I had was like the funniest thing ever and it was some little old lady railing about how the women's march was the stupidest thing ever and how Donald Trump was the greatest thing ever and like blah 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 Whoa. and I was like hey like maybe just consider that like the reason that you can do things like own property and vote is because people have had these protests in the past and like you're supporting a guy who wants to take things away from people women couldn't get driver's licenses right exactly we weren't allowed to drive and what the message that she sent me was that's what's wrong with the world today is is young ladies like you who don't know when to shut your mouth wow yes you know what you got to stick a dick in it too that's how you shut <laughs> just, the, just like, how you shut a feminist mouth how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb hold on let me knock my dick out of this feminist mouth and we'll ask her you can talk now uh it's it's very very sad to me that they're not the 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 line that people toe and that it's so against Christianity, his parables. The the Good Samaritan, a, a guy, an immigrant from another country, yep. helps a person. Well, the, I mean, the other one, the other one that I love is it is it's easier for the camel to pass through an eye of a nail than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. Like, yeah. Bruh, everything. Yeah. That yeah. Like, oh yeah, the. Rem- it, but if you're gonna remove the speck from your other your brother's eye, please remove the log from your own eye. I like that one too. Yeah. That we can, it's easy to 
tell other people what's wrong with them it's when it's ours and the cast the first stone thing and the stoning a prostitute like i mean that's i mean that's an act of feminism right there he was like let's not stone a, a sex worker and i feel like you know i love to be stoned but uh, i'm trying to get stoned right now but um my favorite bible verse is actually leviticus twenty twelve, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law you should both be stoned I love to be stoned. Also, my ex-father-in-law looked a lot like Barack Obama. Sexy Ooh. man. Sexy man. Yeah, he's sadly, he's dead now. Not Barack Obama. My ex-husband's father. My ex-father-in-law. I feel like that would make for some interesting family dinners. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I, loved, I loved Jerry Springer. I loved all those things. That's another secret guilty pleasure of mine is like, but I, I can only watch one clip at a time because it's the same fight over and over, but I love it when it's like, who's the daddy or I don't know I love all that shit let's reveal the Maury are you the father mm. and, and I'm sleeping with the mother and the daughter I love that shit because it's just like people people really do that though yeah I mean I, mean, I guess I guess if uh. they must it's like well now I don't I don't watch porn but I hear that incest porn is really in and I'm like what it's like pretending because it's porn obviously so we know it's pretend but pretending that here well, the reason i'm asking about porn is that i've never seen more porn or watched it because i was raised so religiously mm. that i just can't even the fear is so great that jesus is in my browser history or something <laughs> like he's gonna see that even if you wipe the history he still sees he's there right there and like i've just never been able to I just, I, I just don't, I just, I'm too, it's one of the things, the marks that Christianity left on me is like, they turned me into a prude, like a super, super prude. Well, all of, <laughs> all of that purity culture stuff is so weird. Like, I, th- that's another, like, that's one of, that's another one of those things that I think, like, if you read the stuff about, you know, like, you have to go to the purity ball with your father and you're not allowed, and like, like, that's some weird stuff. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to, and then, I mean, and it's, um, and then it's this whole notion of like, if you have sex, you are now tarnished and broken. Yeah. yeah. And like, th- that seems like such like a weird, because even like, you know, people have different beliefs. Like if you want to wait till you get married to have sex, like I think that there's benefits to having a commitment to someone. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think yeah, there's anything yeah. bad about that, but then like, once you get married and have sex, then do you also feel broken because you're not supposed to do that like all of that weird purity stuff is one of those other things that i was like this seems strange and i'm not sure that that's real i i mean so it's it's that on a larger scale with religion why do we all have religions why do we do it and i think a lot of it is to try to keep kids safe or to try to it's our like hmm. It's not just mommy and daddy saying this. It's everybody saying, or just mommies or mommy or whoever. It's not just the family unit that says this is right and this is wrong, but on a larger scale, whatever religion that one adheres to or makes children adhere to somehow keeps them safe. So it's that like, so nobody fucks over your daughter. And I get it. Like if, if I had a 16 year old girl, I would be like, don't sleep with anybody because really you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna, heart's gonna get broken. You're gonna have all these expectations for what it's gonna be like. It's gonna hurt. And, and you're not gonna feel good at the end. And all boys are jerks. And let them 
masturbate because they're not going to be any good at it and it's not going to be very fun and they're not going to take care of your needs also because they watch so much motherfucking porn that they think that this is how you do it they think that this is how women want it and it's like gross no but then we're too i want them to like me so then we let them do whatever they want anyways and it starts shaping people's little brains in weird ways so i i I get that the impetus is to somehow keep people safe but but I feel like the and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with any of that, but I feel like there are better ways to do that than scare tactics. Right. The, the I mean like the you know, you talk about stick and carrot, like you can't just stick someone. It's effective though. It is. I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. Gee, I mean, I really, really legitimately believed in Jesus. Like I, I have a very active imagination, so but I for many, many years was like, this is absolutely a hundred percent real. Jesus talks to me all the time. He lives in my head and I talk to him all the time. And I pray, I mean, I was like drinking the Kool-Aid a hundred percent, like proselytizing on the street kind of shit, singing in the choir, really, really loving Jesus. I, this is funny now. I don't do it into a joke, but I tried to commit suicide when I was 17 because, and I remember being in the hospital and the next day I'm throwing up this black stuff into a garbage can and the psychiatrist, my parents are there and the psychiatrist person says, why did you try to kill yourself? And I was like, life's just too hard. I want to be with Jesus. I want to go to heaven. And they were like, okay, no one made me, nobody made me go to therapy. I didn't have to do anything. I, they'd send me home to my parents. And it was like, because it was like, well, I mean, it was that, that was my reason. But I really believed it. Like that was the whole reason. I was just like, high school's just too hard. Girls are mean. People are mean and dumb. People don't appreciate me, and I just want to go to heaven because Jesus is my buddy, and I'm gonna have twelve mansions in heaven because I've just been sacrificing and helping so much. Like I really, really believe the Bible. That's like some Jonestown level, right? Yeah. I know, but the concept that my parents and my church and everybody just like let that happen and nobody really dealt with any mental health issues. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that seems concerning, frankly. Yeah. I, I don't know how to turn it into a joke. Uh, I'm sure Zach Wiseman could do it. But then, you know, in the, when, when I started doing acid and I saw God, I was like, oh, poof, this is all <laughs> Jesus, whatever, Jesus. But. I literally, like, so when you were little, did you kind of take it with a grain of salt? Like, you were like, there's this figurative guy that we sort of, the ideas behind, or were you like... I, uh, I was, I mean, I think because I had such, like, a, like, I had, like, uh, uh, you know, I was, again, I was five or six, right? Like, Uh I looked up, I looked up to, like, I looked up to my brothers because they had been fixtures in my life, and I knew that they were kind of jerkwads, but, like, that, they weren't, they weren't bad people. But they were 21. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? I mean, so it it was like, and it was like, okay, well, what you're telling me is that everyone that I have ever met in my entire life is a giant piece of shit because they don't think exactly the way that you think. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. So I had, I had, like, I mean, I, I, you know, I did the stuff. I went to the summer camp. I taught, I, like, taught Sunday school. I was memory verse champion. Like, I mean, I did all the stuff. But I think I had a, I had an underlying kind of dose of skepticism because it wasn't like then I came home and I heard that same message over and over and over again, too. It was, you know. It was, I came home and life was just like any other thing, but I had this like tenant of, and also everyone's going to burn in hell. <laughs> and I was like, but that just doesn't. And then, you know, and like, I just doesn't. I, and 
like I just the the one of the things that I remember there were a couple there were a couple things that I just remember being like that seems I don't know that seems suspect and one of the one of the things was it was like well listen like if you don't believe in this exact version of the story then you go to hell and I was like but like it's this like folklore and fairy tale it's the same eight stories over and over and over again how can you say that the one with your words is the only one that's right like it's the same it's the same thing right why are there no dragons in the bible I, I Do, have you ever like thought about the, the dra- dragons? No, the, I mean was, it's it's a fair. I mean, wasn't there one t- of the things on the on, like on the very early internet? There was like some very famous thing with Jesus riding a T Rex. Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. That's a, they must have been pals. Uh, I'm sorry, I derailed you. No, but that I, was uh, what was your what's your favorite Bible verse? Do you have one from when you were a child? Uh, memory verse champion. Yeah, I uh, I liked um. The I th- oh, it's, is it Ephesians or Galatians? Take take unto you the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Ooh. You had your your sword of truth and your helmet of protection and your your bre- breastplate of righteousness. Nice. I thought I just thought that that was like a very evocative metaphor. Nice. Yeah. I also I always liked um, uh, first Second Peter two eleven is don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Ooh, I like that one. And I like, uh, but this was one I always took umbrage with, which um, it is by grace. It is with grace you have been, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves. It is the work of God, not by man. So none can boast. I hated that. Oh, I don't like that one either. Cause I'm like, Ugh. I, that was, so that- I have no power over myself for good or evil. Like I, I don't know. I just think that was another, like that was like, that was another one of those like breaking points I had, you know, kind of with this underlying dose of skepticism was like, you know, we had some big lesson about how you can never be proud of anything that you do because all of the glory of everything that you will ever accomplish is just for God. Wow. And I was like, mm, yeah. I was like, but like, God didn't study for 17 hours and get a hundred on his course two regents. Like, I, 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 Jennifer did that. Like, I can't, I can't be at all proud of whatever, like, like right. did, like, did, but like religion fucked me up that way too with humility versus like I think one of the reasons why I don't I don't understand money I have a lot of mm. money shame and I don't make money and I never have and I've always sort of let that be a thing and not valuing myself that way because there's a difference between humility and like I never understood how what humility was because it was like always you couldn't take be you couldn't be proud exactly it was like you this this idea of humility i think put me way behind mm. in like asking for what i was worth in jobs when i used to have jobs like normal people but i mean and what with comedy i should probably i mean but you can't ask for but maybe that's why comedians don't get paid because we don't value our own work i can't imagine anybody who was like a dancer or a singer Get doing shows all the time and not getting paid at all. Yeah, that's a. Uh, there's a whole. Uh, I, I, I'm taking some time off right now, so I've been real deep on the internet. There's a whole like Reddit <laughs> thing choosing beggars uh. that is just it's chock full of crazy, crazy stories of people being like, "Hey, like you're a photographer. I mean, I'm sure that you would just want to do this, and I'll shout you out, and you can get exposure." And there's like tons and tons and tons of stories like that. So I think it happens more often than you would think. I think you. Yeah. Just around comedians more so you hear about it right well it's I used to have a catering business and all my friends wanted 
me to cater their events, of course, but they all wanted it for so cheap. And right. I'm like, it costs, like the food cost alone is $200. Like, I'm not going to, I right. I would be like, I'm going to double the food cost. We're talking like hours of prep and work and 40 people. And, and you want me just to, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I'm not a slave. I, I feel like I always am in the, op- like in the opposite on that. If I have friends that are, you know, like have an Etsy shop or do it or do whatever. I'm like, can I just like, I'm just going to pay you like $5 more. Is that okay? Right. Cause like you would just, you want people to be successful. Yeah. That's yeah. very Christian of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing I think is funny about, about like, uh, you know, kind of money and commercial success and all, and all that kind of stuff that goes in with this. I always came from the school of thought of you can do like, you can do more good for more people if you have more things. Wow. So, I mean, and like, I'm not a paragon of virtue by any means, but like, you know, I still send uh, money every month to the Buffalo city mission because I think it's harder to be homeless in Buffalo where I'm from than wow. it is here. Wow. Right? Like, That's so Christian. You know, like, it, and like, but I mean, and I, I don't think about that necessarily as like, I mean, I guess probably that. That's so nice of you. Notion of giving back is a, is kind of fundamentally from that tenant. But like, I always thought like, yeah, I'm going to go have some big corporate job and make, you know, make decent money so that I can do these things. Yeah. So. How cold is it in Buffalo? Like everyone's pissing their pants right now because there's a little bit of rain. There's you a are, little water in the sky and we're like, the sky is crying and falling. It's going to, we're going to Y'all are candy ass little bitches out yeah, here. I right? can't, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you like. You should do, that's funny, candy ass little bitch. You should do a joke about that and be like, <laughs> <laughs> you little. Yeah. You uh, are literally snowflakes. You melt in the rain. Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I think like the first time I ever drove in snow when I was, I was. 17 i was like driving out like crazy back road country middle of nowhere to go babysit hit black ice spun around like (laughs) like was in like a minivan was faced in the in the in the wrong lane facing the wrong direction moving backwards like hit a ditch the car rolled three quarters of the way around hit a tree and then rolled back over like like absolutely should have died 100 like whatever had like a little bit of seatbelt burn and i was fine but like now when people here can't drive in a little bit of rain right i'm just like oh guys you don't know things <laughs> like you you mm. how i mean you were raised in the cold. Yeah. Like I mean, the freezing, the tundra. Yeah. I mean, like I grew, I grew up in, I, like I say, I'm from Buffalo. I grew up in the forest, like three hours from Buffalo. And okay. so it was, you know, like a 45 minute school bus ride to school. Wow. And, uh, and the, there was like, you know, two, two, one bus stop, like in the center of the whatever. How could your brothers be dirt bags? There's nowhere to be a dirt bag. The, my brothers didn't grow up in the forest. Oh, okay. They grew up in town. And then, uh, when my, uh, then my, my mom got together with some guy and he had a house in the forest and we moved out to the forest. And that was a large point of contention in my upbringing because I got yelled at a lot for being asked to be driven places, extracurriculars and that sort of thing. And it, again, I was kind of, I was too precocious for my own good, but I just being like, mother, I did not choose to live out of civilization. If you think I'm going to give up my academic aspirations because it is inconvenient for you, then we should live closer to things. Nice. <laughs> they were just like, way to sass them. <laughs> child. Um, no, it gets cold. Like, uh, I, every, my, my hair would freeze every morning. Your hair would, so yeah. you'd get out of the, you'd get out of the shower, shower. and your hair would freeze. I, well, not in my house. Right. Outside like, the house. Yeah. So yeah. like I'd, I'd <gasps> get out of the shower, I'd get dressed, I'd get my stuff, I'd walk to the bus stop and my hair would freeze. Oh my God. So, I mean, it's, it's, brisk torturous uh, i mean 
it's all kind of what you're used to. I think that people that were raised in snow have a good sense of humor because you have to, or you're dick. Like there's people, people who I've noticed from Michigan are either hilarious and have great senses of humor, or they're just like mirthless piles of dog shit because they, because life sucks in the cold. I mean, again, I think it kind of just depends on like what you're used to. Um. My, I, like, I always, I, I joke about this all the time. Like, my favorite days in Buffalo were were a blizzard bar crawl. <laughs> there, like, there is nothing like the one. There was uh, like I just when I just finished grad school, I had like my first big kid job, and uh, it was it was October. It was like or it was like middle. It was like the October twelfth, thirteenth, something like that. Sure. And I went to see. Um, and it was like it was a Thursday, and I was at work. And at lunchtime, it started like flurrying, and everyone was like, "What the heck?" And it was like, "Well, that's weird." So I went, I went home after work, and like all the windows in my house were open. Because, oh like, shit! What, I mean, because it had been sixty-five the day before, like whatever. Sure. So I shut everything down. I didn't think to turn the heat on. Whatever. I went to a concert that night, and the uh, so I'll give a shout out to my favorite hippie band of all time. I saw Mo. They're originally from Utica, New York, and I, they're one of my faves. Um, so went to see this weird hippie band, and they had gone, they'd gone to college in Buffalo, so they kind of knew. And so the bassist, who's kind of, you know. He's like the the jokey guy. He just kept cracking up the whole show. He's like, "You assholes live here." Because it was, and then like at, like right before their last encore, like the like Al, who's like the nice one. He's like, guys. He's like, I just looked out the back door. He's like, it is really rough out there. Take care of yourselves. So like in the time that I'd been in this concert, like two and a half feet of snow fell. Wow. In oh, how pretty. Except that all of the trees still had leaves on them. So the snow fell on the leaves and then all the trees came down because they were too heavy. They couldn't support the leaves and the snow. Uh, sure. They called it Arborgeddon. Oh, and so like, uh. I mean, I, and like, whatever I had a Jeep and like, who cares? And it doesn't matter. So you wake up the next morning and it was like, it's a state of emergency. And no, like, cause all the, you couldn't pass. Like we, were, we weren't ready for snow. There's nothing. And like, nobody had heat, nobody had electricity. Like nobody had anything. There were like two blocks on the main drag in my neighborhood, full of bars and restaurants that had electricity. I spent the next two days in JP Bullfeathers, right? Like, like wow. that notion of like, we're going to hike out to the bar. Like so fun the, yes so i think it's like you can you could say holy crap that was the most miserable thing ever and i didn't have heat for two weeks or you could say but remember that really great time that i spent two days at jp bullfeathers and the whole neighborhood came together like so i think it's just kind of how you look at it you're like a sprightly joyous person <laughs> do you get that from do you do you attribute it to the way you were raised have you always sort of had this like quick-witted good attitude yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, uh, the, like, I'm the first person in my family ever to go to college. Wow. So, like, I, I had, I knew that I wanted different things. Sure. And so then approaching the world from this perspective of, like, how do we go live in this world and have different things? Wow. It's like where it came from. And I mean, and I do think that, like, some of the underlying principles of, like, don't be an asshole, don't fuck up, don't treat people like shit, like be like be a decent person first. Sure. And then go after the things that you wanted. Some of some of that which kind of stems from, you know, being raised in this terrifying brimstone church. Like <laughs> it is the fear. I was so I was so scared of God. Of, well of every of everybody, of getting in trouble in general. Like I, I was so I never I didn't swear. I was like, oh God forbid. I, I mean I was very I followed that. I think that's what that's what Jesus taught me. That also kind of fucked me up. Is I like to follow rules. Uh. Like if you, I I love school. I love it when people give me like a rubric and they're like, "Here's how you succeed." And then when you do it and you have success, it's like, "Look, I succeeded." I like that shit. I the problem I have with real life 
and not in Jesus stuff is that nobody's really paying attention. That was one of the things I did like about Jesus is I felt like there was this 33-year-old good-looking dude who liked me, you know, <laughs> like, and wanted to hang out with me and th- listen to me and thought I was important. And then I realized, like, man, fucking nobody's important. Everyone's thinking about themselves all the time. Yeah. Nobody's thinking about each other. It's... Yeah, I mean, yeah. The I mean, I think that there's I th- I think that there's probably some sort of middle ground between, you know, people are very acutely attuned to me and the good works that I am doing and I get a ruby in my stack every time I do a good work <laughs> and nobody cares about anybody at all ever. Right. I I think that like there's I, I mean, I think that like you have to, in some respects, care about people at the global scale and in a more immediate or, or, or I mean, what's the point? We'd all just. Well, I've been seeing people on the bus lately have been more vocal about just spreading hate, just being Ugh. in a bad mood, just like yelling at people. But I get I kind of I feel empathy for them only because they must just not be heard in their regular life so much. They must feel so unlistened to that the bus is where they decide to take their stand (laughs) they're gonna be like i'm gonna yell at this lady i'm gonna a guy yesterday told me i was wearing this bright jacket and for no reason he said i wish your soul was as shiny as that jacket and i wanted to turn around and be like are you picking a fight with me on the butt like what and this was after he had been yelling at a woman she said he had a dog and she said don't let your dog touch me and he's like fuck you, fuck you, (laughs) get up, I'm a senior, and she was like, and he just started yelling at her, (laughs) and being so mean, and he kept swearing, and so I chimed in, and this might be why he was mad at me, I chimed in and said, sir, there's children present, if you could kind of cut the the cuss, just please remember there are children, because there was a child like right there, and like he's there, and she's there, and he's yelling at her, and she moves, and he's still yelling at her, and there's a child, and I mean like, don't swear in front of a kid, right on the bus, that's a little fucked up. Well, like why, why, like what good does yelling at someone on the bus do? Like, that's- Does it feel good? I kind of want to try it. <laughs> my, oh, my favorite, this is like, this is the only time that I have ever, I like wrote an email to Muni, uh, because there, there was like a, I was on, like, you know, sometimes you're on a bus and the driver is so good that you like glide to a stop and you don't even notice it. Yeah. And then sometimes you get on a bus wow. and it's like really herky jerky. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy was a glider, man. This was, mm. this was, I take the dirty eight up and down Geary all the time. This is, this guy was like on it. Yeah. And, uh, there, there was a, there was a family, like a, you know, mom and dad and a, and a kid in a stroller. And then somebody cut the bus off. So we hit the, he hit the brakes. And so it was a little bit of a jerky stop. Yeah. And this lady flipped out at the bus driver <laughs> and yelled and screamed and obscenities and all this stuff about how he w- gave her baby whiplash and he did this and he did that. And he, and like, she was insane. Right. And so I, I, I did, I wrote an email to Muni and I was like, hi. And she's like, I'm calling. She was like on the phone with them, like trying to like yell at this guy. And I like, I like took the bus number, like took the whole thing. I wrote them an email and I was like, I think that you received a complaint about this route today. I would like you to know that you should not pay attention to it. That lady was insane. The driver did an excellent job. Yeah. Good. (laughs) I was just like, what? Like what? Bus drivers are God's people. They are doing the work of the Lord. I have no idea how they don't like, yeah. Murder people. I, I love it when they're, I have to take the nine a lot. And um, when it's a nine R, 
the bus driver will stand up and say, no cans on the R. Take the other one. People are trying... Because the cans, the ladies take the cans all the way to the recycling center mm. on the bus. And the cans are bigger than like two people. They take up so much space. Got it. And if we're all on the bus, the bus is for people. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, and I, but then again, too, I have empathy for these women. They are hard motherfucking workers. If you're an old Asian lady and you're collecting goddamn cans for your family, man, you're working hard and God love you. Yep. Like. Some of them, they don't even have gloves. They're picking through garbage and taking the cans and wielding around huge sacks of aluminum. Man, I'm in, I, I'm impressed with that. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. But I still don't want their smelly cans next to me on the bus. <laughs> my, That's where I draw the line. My favorite, oh, my other favorite bus story, and this isn't someone yelling. It was like on, I was like on my way downtown, uh, like in like, I don't know, 7.30, 7.45 in the morning, whatever. Ooh, early. And, uh. And, uh, and some, and like, I was was like, you know, had my headphones in, was like, you know, reading email, like doing whatever I was doing. And then I was like, something smells like spray paint. There was like, uh, there was like a lady like spraying spray paint on her shirt sleeve and like huffing Huffing it in at at 7.45 in the morning. And I was just like, what is, what is happening? Yeah. And then, and then it's kind of like, like you think like that's horrifying. And also I wish it were not on my bus. And also, but then you have to think like, what has happened to this poor lady that like, this is what she is doing. Yeah. So you just open a window, go back to your email. Yeah. Um, my, our, well, I, I, this is the second time I've mentioned him. Our our buddy, Zach Wiseman, he'll, he'll smoke heroin on the bus. He thinks it's funny to like, (laughs) do like, but you know, the pills on the, on the, you know, the, on the little piece of foil and then you have a little straw and and you don't do it. And he thinks it's hilarious. I've, I've, I've seen people lately. I've seen people light up cigarettes. I've seen people. Yeah. And I'm like on the bus. Like pot, maybe I get it. Vaping, I definitely can understand it. But like a cigarette on the bus, I all of that, like all of that rolls into one of one of my, I think, core. You know, you talk about like, can you have morality without religion or religion or like what kind of what do you believe in? The what like what I think one of the things that I believe in more than anything else is like you should do everything possible in your own life to have the very best life that you can live. The you know and whatever that means for you, the most fun, the most success, the most the most whatever, right up until the point that that gets in the way of somebody else living their best life. Ah, right. So like I. Like I, I, I see, uh-huh. I see a ton of like I say this all the time about, about I, like I see a ton of live music, right? Like I, like I love going to concerts, and I nothing delights me more than like a super fan at a concert who loses their crap. They're dancing, they're drinking, they're doing whatever they want to do. They're having the best time, and that and that's amazing. The ones the people that I have uh, ex- take exception to are the people that like do that at the expense of others, right? Like spilling a drink on spilling you, spilling a drink or running into you or elbowing you or right, standing or like right. whatever that is. And so Absolutely. I think, so I would think something like, like, dude, if what you need to live your best life is smoking a cigarette, that is awesome. You should do that. I mean, you shouldn't do that cause it's terrible and you shouldn't flake cancer, but like, but if that's what you need to do, do it, but don't do it at the expense of all the people on the bus who now right. have to smell your stank ass cigarette. Right. That's a really interesting way to put that in, like in perspective of, because, and that's the thing though, is some people claim to be so super Christian. There's a lot of people that are conservatives right now. And there's a lot of talk about white supremacy and about immigrants and immigration and all that. I legitimately 
think that they think they're doing something right. But then that gets in the way of so many other people's lives. And maybe it's just the inability to see how our choices can often affect other people around us. I don't know. Is it that we have this two foot radius and we only see what's right in front of us and anything out of that is... I, I mean... I I think that all of this make America great again and this all this conservative all of this nonsense is because they are giant crying babies who can't handle that other people now have things. Wow. The, this the whole like I, and I mean and again I grew up in the forest I I you know I have people that I'm related to who have you know who have who, who no longer speak to me because like they you know I mean you're a you're a corporate sellout. Uh, not, 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 no, not that I'm a corporate setup. I'm a, I, well, I am awfully, awfully uppity up there in the big city. It was, was when I moved to Buffalo. They're like, well, aren't you fancy? You shop at the Gap now. And I was like, all right, guys, like, let's. But no, because they're, they're a goddamn bleeding heart liberal. Like, oh. Yes. You know where I learned to be a goddamn bleeding heart liberal? In the freaking weird fire and brimstone church that you sent me to. Sure. Like, so when I listen to kind of all of these these Republican folks say, we suffered for eight years under Barry Obama. Like, <laughs> name one way in which you suffered. Name one, one thing that yeah. you do not have now that you had before the last Democratic presidency. One thing. There is not one thing you can point to. What you are saying is that other people now have things, Whoa. which means that the disparity between what you have and what they have is not as great as it used to be, and you're threatened by that. You are whiny babies. Wow, I've never heard it be put in that way. That's great. It's that they don't they they relish in other people's failures. They don't want to see people succeed. It, Why don't? But with the healthcare, like I feel like everyone deserves like health care I, I just don't understand why only rich people get health care or there's something weird that Americans do specifically with like dental stuff where your teeth show your wealth sort of like you now we can wear like people can wear tennis shoes and they don't have to wear suits all the time but the the way that you kind of prove that you're an American is you have nice teeth and if you don't then you're somehow a second-class citizen or why but we why we like to say that person's poor and i'm not poor or that there's this like stigma against people without things but then they want us to be like that i don't know i don't i'm just i'm very confused with 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 relishing and 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 other people not succeeding well i think i mean again i think it's the i mean and this is a little bit more conjecture but like you 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 always like I think people are probably wired to say, I want to come from the position of advantage. And Mm. like, and so as the gap between what you, and like, and I'm not even talking about like material things, but like, you know, it, before it only used to like, if you, you know, if you look way, way back in time, before it only used to be that like a white man and a white woman could get married. (laughs) But now all these different kinds of people can get married. And that makes my right to get married lesser. Oh, yeah, that was one of the things I always took umbrage with as well with the Christianity was the gay people thing. And they'd say, and I'm like, but they're people. Right. God loves people, right? L- love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Done. F- Done. Full stop. And I just don't understand. And it's like, it's it's sort of like the prudish underpinning of like, who cares how people get off? Who, who cares who decides what relationships they want to to pursue and grow and marriage is just for 
people that have money that want to put that have tax breaks and buy houses and stuff like what we don't want gay gay people to financially succeed like i i don't understand like why the bible has is so scared of gay people I don't, I mean, I don't think that the Bible is scared of gay people. I think that, like, you know, what people forget is that the Old Testament is a history book. The old, the covenants of the Old Testament were completely stricken away when the New Testament was written. There's absolutely, because, like, the Old Testament was the Old Testament, and that, and you had to believe that something was going to come, and then the New Testament, uh, which, you know, you have to believe that the promises God is going to send his only son, blah, blah, blah. All of the covenants of the Old Testament, all that Moses stuff, all that you can't wear mixed fibers, you can't eat shellfish, all that stuff, like, all of those were done away with. When the New Testament came about, which was when Jesus was born, and now the New Testament is all about Jesus' life and following, he says nothing about anything other than, you know, God is love, love your neighbor as yourself, all of that stuff. There's nothing about that in the New Testament even sure. at all. My like my problem with the with kind of the, the stance on gay people is like, of all of the problems in this world that you could go solve, of all of them, right? Like the problem that you want to solve is that too many people love each other. That's not a problem you... Yeah. Well, and that's funny because two people that love each other, well, maybe it's the thing about having, but they can have children. You just adopt or now we've got science, so that's amazing. But it's it's just, yeah, two people that love each other. What's the problem? Right. Uh, is it they're just so scared of anal sex? But every seems like everybody's doing it. Now it's like anal sex, first day, like tossing salad, everybody's. I don't, so I'm so, such a prude. I just can't even, I, have, I had anal sex once to try to save my marriage. Um, but that, that was it. Um, it I, and I didn't, I did not, I did not, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I, I just it, you know I, I, when I, I just when when people talk about you know it's like the only thing I can ever think of is that really great uh, scene from Sex and the City where they're all in the taxi and the taxi jump stops and she says I want to be Mrs. Up the Butt so that it just <laughs> I, mean, that's, I went to a different place. They were that's so funny that I remember that episode when someone's pushing her head or so, the guy. Oh, that's a, it's, it's a different one, episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's but God bless Sex and the City. <sighs> Yeah. Did you binge? That was that was. I, I mean, everybody binges that at some point. At some point. Life. Yeah. I mean, that's I've I've seen that on and on and off throughout the years. Yes. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't. That was that was one of those things that like when you know when the when the Christians took up the flag against the gays. I was like, how about you go solve right hunger or poverty or exactly making sure that people making sure people have braces so they have nice like something other than like oh no those people are in love and I don't like it like shut the. F- uh, exactly it's so funny to me that that's that it's the it's the gays and the abortion that the christians get so down on and it's like why do you care so much about other people's lives and choices can't you just have your own lives and choices you got to tell me about mine like uh, if people don't want to have kids they shouldn't they should have the option of not having a kid I, unless so I had I had an abortion not too long ago well like maybe it was five years ago now um but I was thinking about putting it putting keeping the thing for a minute and putting out a GoFundMe to the all the Christians and being like if I'll keep this baby if you give me a million dollars like I could raise a child if I had a million dollars I could be a great mom well yeah I mean that's yeah I mean, I think that that's all, all of this rhetoric now around 
uh, uh, you know, kind of all this anti-abortion stuff that's coming up. I mean, it's just another way to control women and what their choices are. Right. The, my favorite, and like that, I think, I mean, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, I've never been in that position, so I don't know, but I would have to imagine that if, if you were in a position where you thought, I cannot handle this thing that is happening to my body, I do not want it anymore, that has to be a really difficult personal decision. And like, it's not up to anyone else whether or not you have the right to make it. And like if and and you know I've kind of been reading all this stuff about like uh, you know all, if the legislation on if you were to outlaw abortion or if you make it less accessible or whatever that is all that that doesn't change the number of abortions at all it changes the number of women who die trying to have them right it's all it's all it's all about control and like that's insane yeah and like I mean I don't yeah it, yeah my favorite uh, there's there's like a it's like a it's like a Mormon mommy blogger or something who like wrote this. Epic Twitter thread that then got picked up on, but like picked up everywhere. Sure. That was like the only person who was ever at fault for an unwanted pregnancy is a man. And so why 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 is there so much centered around like what women do when they have an unwanted pregnancy and not more things around hey men get your shit together and do not have more unplanned pregnancies. Right. And it was it, and it really it was a masterful takedown of the fact that it was like y- y- the entire like. You know, the, you know, the condom failure is, you know, whatever percent chance. And like, so sure, like everyone's sure. in a great, great no, while. No, guys don't wear condoms. They hate them. But like her whole point is like, get the fuck over yourself. Right, right. And I thought that that and like, I thought that was a really interesting perspective from a really interesting yeah, viewpoint. Mormon. Yeah. Weird. Um, I recently was downtown. Um, sadly, Rubio's closed. I loved fish tacos and now there's no more fish tacos in the city that were good like that. But I was walking to Rubio's to get my fish tacos and the abortion people were out there with their signs with dead babies, with children. There were children with signs with dead babies and a seven to nine year old boy, I don't know, came up to me with a pamphlet and I'm thinking to myself, the audacity yeah. of these parents to send a seven year old boy to talk about women's choices Jesus Christ, what are you doing to this child giving him the entitlement that he can tell me, an adult woman, about anything? Number one, a seven-year-old child should not be telling anybody about anything, let alone passing out pamphlets with pictures of the babies on the front. I mean, do I get to write, like a letter to the bad parents of America? But the thing is, it was under the guise of Christianity. That's where, like, and I think to myself... They must think that they're doing it right. They must think that by... And then I try to think back to like when I was super Christian. Was I super anti-abortion? And I think I was. Yeah, that was another one of those things that I was pretty skeptical about. Like I remember... I have like a... I wasn't, this was, I was in high school. I have like a pretty vivid memory of like our pastor like gave an anti-abortion sermon and he had all these like little black, like little foam discs and throughout the thing every, you know, 90 seconds or whatever it was, he like threw another one in a pile and he was like, that's how many babies have been killed in the time that I've been blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I just, from a, like, and I was just like, that seems insane to me because like in a, in a perfect world where everyone had access to the same amount of resources and the same amount of, and the same amount of, and the same amount of like, yeah, that's, that's probably like taking, taking someone's ability to be born, like, okay, maybe, but like, no, like, even if you wouldn't ever personally make that choice, like people having the ability to make that choice is important. Yeah. And it does, it just, it never, I just don't think that it should be a 
governmental no. decision. No. Like I, I just think that that's wrong. No. It's like the it's like the eugenics programs of the twenties in um, in L.A. where they would uh, sterilize. Um, I don't. What's the word? Special needs pe- people with special needs. Mm-hmm. Is that the PC way to say it? Sure. We can't say retard anymore. Um, differently able. Differently able. But they would they would they would uh, tie their tubes and they would make them not they would like eugenics the program of like it's crazy and they started doing it to um, women without there they were taking out women's uteruses like hysterectomies and stuff like that without as a as a mental like I was like what I, I just making choices for people without their consent is. I just, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm like, I live in San Francisco, consent for everything. But isn't that where we should be heading? Is like consent-based everything? And then, well, you can't ask a baby for the consent. Well, it's not. It's a not baby. a baby. It's not a baby. It's not a baby. It can't live on its own. It can't the, breathe. It's like, I mean, like if you think about like, uh, like if you, th- the like the the you know the the classical philosophical dilemma, the train thing, right? Like, do you, do you go one person, you know, or all of the people that you don't know, which oh, whatever do you lay right. off the tracks? Like the, I, you know, I've, you know, this is kind of one of those arguments. Like if you take a, you know, a newborn baby, you know, a couple days old, whatever, and you take a test tube with a fertilized egg in it and you hold them both off the top of Salesforce tower and you can drop one of them, which one do you drop? The, the, the test, test tube. tube. It's not yeah. a fucking baby. Right. But I would, I would, would you, what would you, the train question, what would you do? Oh. I, I mean, I want, I want, like, I know that this is not the point of it. I, you, you I mean, you, you try to take a sharp left before you hit to either. Yeah. Or, or you go, or, I mean, I feel like you. I do the Jesus thing. I re- try to replace myself on the tracks and then um, everybody lives. There you go. Go with the sack. I'd go with, like, do I get to. Uh-huh. How about me? <laughs> yeah. I and I go. I'm going to outsmart the train. Right. I'm going to outsmart the train. When we're untying my friend, <laughs> then I'm. We're both going to run away. It's just, I'm going to. <laughs> no. The, there's got it. There's. There's a secret break under the fourth thing. MacGyver. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm MacGyver. Gonna outs- I'm going to outsmart the train. That's. We might be in the same. You're young. You're like probably ten years younger than me. You were born in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was born in the seventies. Uh, yeah, but you still know MacGyver, and that is important. That's that's back on TV now. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love MacGyver. I never I had this. I don't like. I never watched it. I, I have a lot of like pop culture awareness. I've read a lot of like Entertainment Weekly and ah. that kind of stuff in my day. So even even things that I don't know, I have. You still know. Yeah. You're you're really you're really I I really love your energy. Like I said, you're like sprightly and positive, <laughs> and you haven't sworn yet. Are you a clean comic? Do you work clean? No, no, no. I didn't think so. No, no. I, and I I don't. You I can mean, fuck swear on this show. You just haven't done it yet. <laughs> I, so, did, I mean, I I did use the phrase candy ass little bitches. So oh I mean, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but everyone knows you can say bitch. That's bitch. fine. I, did, I have done a little cursing, which but. kind of that actually makes me really bummed that the TV censors are fine with bitch. I'm like, you guys are fine with misogyny, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you say? Can we say dick? I guess we can. Yeah. Call someone a dick. That's no problem. Yeah. The actually, I don't. The I usually I try to say I, I've called people when people say when people use you dumb bitch or oh you're or oh god don't be a woman or don't be a pussy like all like all that stuff kind of irritates me mm-hmm. and so I think that and so whenever people like people who are close enough to me where I'm like all right guys like here's a learning moment. 
Okay. I, the exact sentiment that you want to express, you can do it in a way that's not a put down to ladies. Just call him a candy ass. And so I use candy ass a lot because I think it's a good gender neutral way yeah. to uh, say that. God, but then it's candy ass. I like that too. Uh-uh. Yeah, but bitch always it always makes yeah. me kind of like oh, yeah. and I just. And I don't, I don't want to be like I'm PC so feminist yep. stuff and like but you know language does have power yep. and language is political and the language that we it's just like when I was teaching in the late '90s early thousands the kids were still saying that's so gay mm-hmm. and I was like no guys it's the same as using the N word and they're like it is not and then later people we've gotten into conversations about they're like no it's not like using the N word Pam and I'm like well actually it kind of is yeah. like. It's language that we're saying disparagingly. We're using a term that, because being, if you're being, there's something wrong with being gay, but saying like, that's so gay. Yeah. That's like using the N-word because you're using the terminology in, with negative connotations yeah. and calling anybody anything with negative connotations is just mean. Like, yeah. well, like candy ass is mean. Candy ass is funny. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, people were still saying that when I was coming up. And I mean, and I think it's like, that that would be, and I always likened it to like, I mean, what you're doing is you're taking something that's fun, fundamentally core about a person and associating something so, like, and, and turning that into an insult. So right. it would be like, it would be like being like, God, can you imagine those brunettes? Like, right. You, like, I mean, it's, and that's how I always try to Sure, it, sure, sure. Which seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm. T- Sometimes I get mean, but usually it's when somebody's like double crossed me and I, and I always, and I can be mean with my words, but I never, I don't think I do like mean things. Do you, do you have a thing that you've ever done? Like where you're like, Oh, I, geez, I really need to ask forgiveness for that. Not like murder or anything. Cause I wouldn't want you to like <laughs> let that out. But, um, I'm kidding. I know you just, you're absolutely not the murdering type, but do you, that, which is actually is, is there a murdering type? Anyways, off the rails. Is there is there a thing that you feel like? <laughs> That's how you win Survivor. You just murder. Everyone. You just murder everyone. <laughs> well, if you're a comedian, you can murder them with your jokes. Hey, that um, would be that would be actually a great use of time around the campfire or whatever. Would just be just I'll do I do material. Yep. If that would be. Yep. Be like I'm gonna do ten minutes on Survivor. <laughs> Be like, guys. So it's campfire talent show. Oh, yeah, but that would really... be so fun. Why don't they ever do that? I would. I would imagine that somewhere along the line, someone has done that. It just doesn't get aired. Why not? That would. What they? It, it's never been done because there'd be clips of it. They'd all have. You know, there'd have to be something like they'd sing karaoke or something or yeah. do a talent show. There's got to be, you know, wear coconut bras and Survivor Summer Camp. Oh my God! Yeah, what? So have I ever done anything where I really felt <sighs> like where you purposely were like, "I'm doing this mean thing"? I. <sighs> it's good that you have to think so hard. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> no, it's. I'm trying to think like it makes you a really nice person. <laughs> it's I think that it's less about I think the like the the transgressions that I have made against people in my life are less tra- like are less things that I've proactively gone and done right. and more things that are like you know what I should have been more more like less neglectful of that particular bond or relationship or I should have mm. uh, that something like I could have done more 
in and I and I regret that as opposed to like I proactively was an asshole. But like I mean I don't know like I I've mean girled some people in my life and like that's comics are supposed to be terrible people. You're too nice to be. <laughs> like you can't think of any terrible things you've done. Terrible? I don't. I think that if you were to if you were to frame it in biblical terms, I am I am not great at forgiveness, and I am not great at uh, like I have like a pretty low bar for this is the way that I expect to be treated, and if you do not meet this threshold, then you are no longer part of my existence. Wow. And so um, I and 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 I think that that in so instead of dealing with things in a so instead of dealing with things like, hey, I'm going to aggress back at you, it's just like, nope, you don't exist anymore. Oh, wow. That's a great way to look at it. Okay. It's uh, like, <laughs> one of, so my degenerate brothers, um, one of them, I mean, I haven't spoken to in three, four years. I don't know, because I, and like, you know, this is a guy with a lot of demons and, and you know, has been to jail and is an addict and is, and I mean, and is, you know, kind of all of that stuff wrapped up into also someone who has a huge chip on his shoulder and also someone who really did not like that his younger sister was more likable and more well-respected and more successful and blah, blah, wow. blah, blah. So when I went, uh, I went back to New York for but my- you have an MBA, my God, that's awesome. You can't, you can't rejoice in that? It, can't do it. I mean, this is someone who's worked on a roof for- you know, 30 years of Read his life and books. Can't, can't stand. And like the dumb thing is like he joined the army when he graduated high school to get the GI bill to be able to go to college and then came home and got married and never went. And like, oh. it's like, that's, those are your choices, bro. They're not mine. Exactly. And then, you know, and then anyway, but so I went home for my nephew's high school graduation who, cool. who is, he's, you know, he's the greatest kid. You know, both of my nephews are great, great kids. I'm closer in age to them than I am to my brothers. We're really close. Like, you know, I was, so I was so excited to go back and I was, I was actually on a, I was on a business trip and I like, I just say this only because like, so I was in Boston then I had early meetings and then I went to the airport and then I flew somewhere and then I had to, I flew into Rochester, New York, and then I rented a car and drove two hours and like rolled into high school wow. graduation to like be there. My brother shows up to his kid's graduation. He just separated from his wife with his new girlfriend, shit face drunk and I was not having oh, it. Oh wow. I just was not. But that's having respectful boundaries. That's that's you setting boundaries and that's healthy. Well and so the what it so after graduation Eric went to like his little lock in grad night thing that they do right. which was so fine. fun. Yeah. So and then you know my you know my mom and her husband and my other nephew and my brother and his girl, we went to a restaurant to like, whatever, because it's the first time I've been home in a long time. Yeah, and, uh, and, and celebrate you being back. Yeah, it's and, exciting. And, you know, and all this stuff. And so my brother stands up in the middle of this like crowded bar restaurant in his neighborhood, and he really did not like that I told him that he should not have shown up to his kid's graduation drunk, and he said, you're a stuck-up little cunt. I wish you weren't my sister anymore. Wow! And I said, cool, you don't have a sister. And that, I literally have not spoken to him since. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome dramatic big right. life wow why does he like so much drama right so like the christian why does he on- need drama so much he because he picked a fight that he just picked a fight with you you're having a healthy boundaries by saying i'm not going to accept that behavior but he wanted to he wanted you to turn around and yell or do something or yep. wow yeah. 
Wow. And you know, and he stormed out. And then like it's fun because like these are all of the people from his neighborhood that had like I knew all these people because like they all had kids who grew up with my nephews and I went to the little league games and I did the whole thing and like right. and uh and you know one of his really good buddies was like your brother's an asshole, everybody knows that we're glad you're here. And I was like, Thanks, Mr. Kelly, like whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's uh You don't show up drunk to your kids' graduation. No. You just there's things you don't do. You, you don't, don't do. do that. Yes. That's not okay parenting right That's bad parenting and with the new girlfriend do you have any respect for your son and his life and his family and his right. like that's just so disrespectful to his own kid yes to like yeah the and the girlfriend how stupid is she what she's like i want to go to the graduation right like don't do that don't right. why would you want to put yourself in that situation with family that just doesn't make sense unless no. you're trying to prove something right yeah so if you were to look at the actual tenets of Christianity, I would say like the, you know, I should be the bigger person and I should forgive and I should, I, but nah, no. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes I think that Jesus, when he said, turn the other cheek, it might just be a mistranslation and it's like, turn around and walk away. Yeah. Like rather than, you know, just, yeah. just you'd say, well then I'm going to turn the other, th- th- your cheek is turning as you're walking away from the person. Yeah. So like, is what's wrong with that interpretation of it? Yeah. It's just like, don't, don't have it. I also don't talk to my, well, my older brother kind of made amends with me. And that's the thing is you don't have to make amends. It's his opportunity to do so. Well, it's not your job. And that's like every year on his birthday, I was like, will you please just text your brother? And I'm like, no, fuck no. And I, and I, and I've told, and I told her over and I was like, listen, if he wants to apologize to me, I'm happy to speak to him. But like, until I get an apology for what I like, I In the don't, same way. like I don't let people on the sidewalk speak to me that way. Right. I'm not going to let my brother speak to me that exactly. way. Exactly. And so. you have a choice of who's going to be in your life or not. It's, yeah. um, I'm the same way as that. I, he has to you don't have to forgive him this isn't a tolerance on you he he has to ask and then things can be good my my brother and I didn't speak for like six years and he recently reached out to me and took me and my boyfriend to a A's game and and paid a lot of money for the seats like we were like eighth row or something and we hadn't seen each other in six years wow and I was like wow like and he apologized he's sincerely apologized he's like yeah I'm I used to be kind of an asshole. I'm kind of working on that. And sorry about that. And I was like, whoa. I mean, not that I'm going to, I'm not going to, still not going to go like up there and for Christmas or anything. I didn't go for Christmas or, I mean, they're still not inviting me to hang out. But like, I think at least like, I feel like, all right, this is good that you did. Thanks. But my, you know, it's family's weird that way. Like, I don't have a problem not like talking to my family that much because you know they they didn't respect the way I was living my life so it was kind of always a fight or it was always me trying to prove why being a commie pinko liberal is a good thing or like why I'm a god why my god godless heathenism is okay or why choosing to be a stand-up comic and like having a radio station instead of a baby is what I decided to do with my life. You know, it's hard. Yeah. Instead of having like a husband and a baby and a Lexus, I was like, I think I'm gonna have this weird thing here that people might or might not be listening to or whatever. But yeah. I, I don't know. Just to, I think that that's the thing that makes me the most angry is when someone doesn't respect my choices because it's like they're not your choices. But I mean, I, that all, I think that comes back to the fact that like for you, that's your very best life, and I want sure. you to I want you to do all of that right up until the point that it interferes with me, and how you're interfering with me is by saying that because I didn't pick your path, it's the wrong one. Right. Yeah. 
Right, but your brother should never call you a cunt in front of everybody in town. No, well, no, I mean... It's, that's like a scene from a movie. It was... Yeah, yeah, it was not It was not the greatest moment of my life. Wow, it and was I mean, like a rom-com sort of movie where it gets turned around at the end. Like some sort of, yeah, some sort of like thinky-talky mumblecore nonsense. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't, I mean, the... Yeah, and it... Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It is what it is. So, do you wish that he'd um, give you give you a text, call you up, and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I did that." I kind of keep waiting for him to go through his, you know, sixth cycle of AA, and when he gets to the amends portion, oh, he'll, uh, he'll get he'll get back there. Is that? I mean, um, you aren't you don't partake in the in the in the wacky tobacco. Do you? Are you a non-drinker? As oh well? God, no! I'm I am the best drunk. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. And I don't. And like I don't have any. Actually, I always joke about like I came up in the jam bands. I love the smell of pot more than anything. So when you're like, can I smoke? And I was like, yes, please. I'd like to smell it. I just. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just not. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. It's an, not that I have. It's just not my jam. Sure. But no, I am a. I am a champion drunk. All um, right. So like, th- yeah, that's all. Buffalo. It makes sense. Because yeah. when you're when you live in the the hinterlands. I guess you just you drink. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. The and and I mean and I think uh, we when I first when I you know was when I first was first out of grad school and I had kind of my first corporate job we I was real famous for what we called twelve hour happy hour because oh. you could go from four to four. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Wow, you were in New York City at a corporate job. No, in, no, no, in no, no. Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, in Buffalo. We had we had four a.m. clothes. Buffalo has. I, Buffalo's nightlife kicks San Francisco's nightlife so far in the ass, yeah. which is a hilarious. And when I moved out here, I was like, "Why? What's at midnight? What is happening?" Right, right, absolutely. And I was like, "Why? Why do people live like? What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, I'd be so hard to stay up because if you're up until four drinking, how do you go to work? Like last night, I, I work in a bar one day a week, and I love it. It's a dream come true, and I cook. And um, I cleaned up last night, and I cleaned up. At, I was done at eleven. And then I had another beer after that. So I think I had three IPAs and I felt like ass this morning. I might've had a fourth. I can't remember. I probably had a fourth. If I can't remember, I probably had a fourth. But four IPAs and and, and I was home. I was home by midnight. And I and this morning I had to wake up. I'm just like, oh, maybe you're still really young, aren't you? Still, you're still pretty. I mean, and it's not like you know you don't like go out till four on any random Tuesday, oh, right? Okay, like that's okay. like a that's like a Good Friday thing. Ah, right? okay. But I okay. mean, like, but but we we <laughs> I was <laughs> the in the little like neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, we like I had a bunch of girlfriends in the neighborhood. and We all went to the same gym. We went to the JCCs. JCC, I, 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 I love the JCC. I, in beautiful Buffalo, New York, and so we'd go to like we'd go to like step aerobics class yeah. at the gym, and then we'd get done with gym class, and we'd all look at each other and go, "Why don't we just go to our favorite bar and we'll have a wheatberry salad and a cocktail?" And so this was like three nights a week. We just like we went to the gym, and then we went home and changed real quick, and then we met at the bar and had old fashions and a wheatberry salad. Like it was like yeah. it was it's such like a ridiculous. But yeah, we yeah, yeah. no, I'm no, I'm I'm a good drunk. I. Uh, I did a lot of research once upon a time about how, like, the genetics of addiction and the genetics of, like, OCD overachievement are very closely related, and it's just kind of, like, how it manifests itself. Wow. And so, like, because I knew that I came from this genetic line of 
all of these people who suffer, you know, who like suffered from alcoholism, which like, whatever, I was like, okay, how do I make sure that I toe the line so that I, that doesn't happen to me? And it's like, oh, well it, that in you manifested it as being this like ridiculous driven, right. Things have to be in straight lines, like run, knock yourself out kid kind of person. So it's, you know, it's just, wow. That's neat that those are, see, I don't think I'm addicted to alcohol because I can have it in the house and not drink it. In fact, I rarely, rarely drink at home. Like maybe on a Sunday, if we've gone to Trader Joe's and we have like four kinds of cheeses, Jonathan and I will split a bottle of wine in the afternoon on a Sunday because it's the only day we have off together. Uh, But that is, like that happened like two weeks ago and that's the first time that's happened in forever. And I have alcohol in the house. I just someone brings over beer like that's what usually happens is someone will bring over beer because they'll be hanging out or whatever and it just stays so I'm like I'm not an alcoholic if I can keep alcohol around without it being like I have to have alcohol but I smoke pot constantly from the moment I wake up in the morning sometimes even before I pee I smoke pot like I get up and I but I justify it that I'm because I think an addiction is when the same way you were explaining the, the thing about morality or yourself as a person living your best life is that addiction seems to be when it affects the rest of your life. Yeah. The, in a bad way. I work, like when you yell at your sister in a, in a yeah. room full of people. I, so I, I in, in corporate marketing, I worked for a big education company for a long time. And like, we, so we did textbooks and stuff like that. Yeah. And so like I did marketing for social sciences. So like we, one of the curriculums that I like mark, looked after was counseling and I like, and they have all these interesting books about addiction counseling and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah. well, let's just read up on this. Cause it's sure. And it says that, you know, the, <laughs> there is no such, one of the things that I read that I just thought was funny was like, there is no such thing as a functioning alcoholic. Oh, so if like, if you, if your job and your personal relationships and your life are not impacted by your drinking, you're not an alcoholic. If any of those things are impacted by your drinking, you are. And that doesn't, and that's no matter how much or how little, like you could, you could, you could drink twice a year, but both times get bombed and cause world war three with your family. And like, that means you have a problem or you could have a glass of wine every night with dinner and it has absolutely no impact on your life. And so like, it has nothing to do with the amount that you consume, but, but it's impact just like you're saying. Right. And so, wow. The way that I kind of looked at that and I was like, yeah, I mean, like I love to go out and have a cocktail more than most people, but like it has absolutely no bearing on the rest of my life. So like, eh. right. That's, I, that's the way I feel about it too. So I'm like, I'm not, I mean, but there have been like, so usually when I, this is, I, I, my drunk, drunk Pam, blackout Pam is really taking, when sometimes she's not taking care of sober Pam. One time she blackout Pam took acid and didn't tell sober Pam and sober Pam woke up in the middle of a blackout and was on acid. Like what is happening? And I was here too. And I was like, oh, dang you drunk Pam. But usually drunk Pam helps me out. So if I, I've told my boyfriend this now, if I pass out on the carpet with my jeans on, leave me there. The jeans act like a sponge. Basically, it means that I'm so wasted that I'm going to pee. So I, so when I'm, when I'm that blackout drunk, I think I make, I've, I've fallen in the bathroom. So I know that I've been in there sometimes, but, uh, I always make myself pee. And then if I'm really worried, I'll s- blackout Pam will be like, sleep on the carpet, you disgusting drunk. <laughs> and so one, one time he was so sweet and he took off my clothes and put me in bed and I peed. That was bad. So that's the only thing, but it doesn't, he's sweet and loves me, so it doesn't affect our, and it's not like it happens all the time, but 
I mean, when I, when I black out, and I only black out when I don't eat. Mm-hmm. So I need to, ch- I need to change my ways. But I still don't feel like, I don't feel like an alcoholic <laughs> because <laughs> not feeling it. So, um, how long is your sabbatical for? And we'll we'll start wrapping this up. But how long? How much longer sabbatical are you taking of yourself? It just uh, so I finished up with my last company at the end of the year. So I'm I'm just I'm like a week and a half in. Wow. Um, so and I'm like I'm doing some consulting stuff and some freelance stuff and I'm telling a lot of jokes and like. Are you gonna hit the comedy super hard? Are you hitting it super hard? I. Uh, I have not I have not in the last week hit it super hard I would say but I I've I've got some uh, but yeah the the, the what are your upcoming shows um so uh, next week on Tuesday uh, we're doing the Upstanding Comedy Show, cool. uh, which I, which I produce, but I'll also be in uh, down at uh, Evolved SF in the Mission. Nice. Uh, you can check us out at UpstandingComedyShow.com. Um, I'm super excited. Evolve. Super, What's Evolve? Evolved SF. They're like a they're like a gallery event space oh. down by 24th. Uh, they're on on 24th, kind of near 24th Street Bart. Sweet. Um, they do su- They do a lot of super cool events. Awesome. Um, so like. Uh, and like community stuff and neighborhood stuff and yeah. and our uh, yeah like and they do like a work from home Wednesday where people come in and like it's like a you know like we work for hipsters kind of wow and, like, and then they do and they do a lot of like uh community like they, they, they do a lot of community stuff they're super cool you should you should yeah, totally check them out but but the but yeah we're doing that next Tuesday um, tonight I'm down at Rooster Tea Feathers awesome um, how does that work out? I've never been there uh, I've also never been there oh well um, this is a uh, it's it's like a th- it's like a three minute quick uh, audition to be in the Burbank Comedy Festival. Neat. So, uh, but then I looked at the other people who were on it, and I was like, oh well, yeah, it's probably not gonna be me. But that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna give it our best shot. Awesome. Well, um, you're part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's yeah. right. And, but that, that's a little further out. That's in. It's in March. March. Yeah. 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 Hosting the All Ladies Show. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do like me some ladies. There's some it's there's some really funny ladies cool. this year part of the festival. Uh, so that's. Wow, so you are hitting it hard. You have your show next. You've got Rooster Teeth Feathers. You've got your show next week. That's yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and if anyone wants to, you know, needs me for, needs any corporate marketing, you can hit me up on at, is, at com. I just don't even know what corporate marketing means. Like, I I, I have no idea. It's, it's not social media. Is it social media? For- so, uh, no, no, no. So, like, um, so marketing Brandy. is the overarching umbrella for how do businesses tell the story to people that want their stuff? Huh. So it's it's what so it's what is the story? How do you tell it? And through what channels do you tell it? If you wanted to like distill it way way down, sure. So um so it's social media falls rolls up under marketing, but so does a bajillion other things. Wow. Um yeah yeah. And so I just finished two years kind of as the director of marketing at a tech company where I was in charge of all of their stuff. Um, and wow. Yeah. At like a startup. I was like year seven. Okay. So they were a little bit further along. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are you, I mean, what are you looking for? I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm going to keep, I'll probably, I'm going to keep doing marketing. Yeah. Um, I think I want, like I had, I had all of marketing before. I think I want to move back into a more specialized role. Sure. Probably a bigger organization where there's a little bit bigger of a team. Um, I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm looking here and I'm looking in New York. Well, oh, you're looking in New York. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that would be exciting for comedy. We'll see. It's, I mean, I'm, we'll see kind of how that, we'll see how that shakes out. Like I'm kind of, yeah. if I stay here, I stay here. If I leave, I leave either would be fine, but I'm, I'm trying, I want to make sure that the next thing I go do that I, I'm so, so, so excited about. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Cause yeah, otherwise yeah. what's the point? Right. Especially when you're like, you're a hot commodity. You got your MBA. 
worked in San Francisco at a, you know, that's you've done all the stuff. That's great. You yeah. have a huge future. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. As a real person and you do stand up comedy. That's nuts to me <laughs> that you do both. How are I? Wow. Uh, I just, I can't, I can't imagine like hitting, hitting both, hitting both hard. Yeah. I mean, as I, as, as I, as I say, like it was just a stand, a stand up for me was, and was, I like, I woke up one day and I was like, okay, so my life is a little different than the way that I thought it would be at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the absence of any meaningful interpersonal relationships in my life, I probably need a hobby. Uh, and you know, as the joke goes, if you stand just like at the bar and tell people to go fuck themselves, that makes you an asshole. <laughs> but if you stand on stage and do it, it's like a skill. It's a skill. It's a hobby. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, but like what? Ha- and it's it's like the dumbest thing ever. What happened was in this moment that I was having this kind of like pseudo existential crisis, and I was like, all right, like what you've got to. If, you know, if your legacy is not going to be you're going to go get married and have kids and that's what you think you're going to do, like what mark are you going to leave on this world? Like you need to find something to go do with yourself that's not, you need to go, that's not just work because you're going to sure. make yourself insane. And so on that day, I, had a, I got a Groupon email about some like improv class. Wow. And so I have, I have a friend, my oldest friend in the whole world, we've known each other since we we're like 11. He's huge into the uh, improv scene in Philadelphia. Right. And so I was like, I was like, Neil, I was like, I'm thinking about doing this. Should I go do this? And he was like, no, you will hate those people. Ah! He's like, he's like, go take a stand-up class. He's like, there's formula, there's rigor, there's 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 metrics, there's rubrics. He's like, sure. he's like, and it will appeal to your sense of narcissism. Go do that. And so then I went into, and I know people have feelings about this, but like, I went and took a class. Like, did you go to comedy college? Yep. Did the you know intro to stand-up comedy, and I was like, oh, interesting. I understand. Who was this. in your class? Uh, I came up with Max. Oh, and Wrong okay. And um, Charity and I love Charity. And I mean, so many great like, and that was part of the, and like Matt and Dairy and like so many, so so much of the, like so much I think of the good experience I had in that setting was like I was in class with all these like really smart, talented people, and I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, that's fun, like let's keep doing it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that was your class, the Max class, he disappeared. He went to New York. He moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He just kind of disappeared. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, moved to New York. I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't heard from him since he left, but yeah, he's in New York. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he also had, like, a great corporate job that was like, yeah, you can go work remotely. So he was like, well, I might as well go try it out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He just disappeared and didn't even say goodbye. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> Not, not like I didn't book him on his first showcase or anything. People never remember Mutiny Radio when they get all famous and stuff. Uh, yeah, he went to New York. It's very brave of him. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to do in New York. I wouldn't. I won't. The problem is that I've been doing it for too long that I, I would, I wouldn't want to pay for. You have to like pay for some open mics, and I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, it's funny, like, being in, like, being in college in Buffalo and, you know, being in, like, coming up when Sex and the City was, like, I was always like, man, I wish that I could live in Manhattan someday, and this was, like, way pre-comedy, but I was like, it's so expensive, I'll never be able to do it. It's the same price as San Francisco. No, I know, now I live here, and I was like, well, right. that was silly of you, Jennifer, quite frankly. Yeah. This, these West Coasters are probably, you, what, no, now? Well, you could survive the winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so I couldn't do it. But also, like... I decided I love San Francisco. I'd never want to leave here. I don't want to go to LA. I don't want to go to New York. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And also, you know, I just can't take that much rejection. And I, I just can't. 
I'd rather be a medium-sized fish in a small pond than be that I I think that I think that if I went to New York it would I would it would break me. I'd just be like I too, I have too much self-doubt and I wouldn't I'd be like nobody wants to listen to my abortion jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny people like people like you want to think about like you know you you think about one of the tenets of the Bible in terms of idolatry and what people worship and that sort of thing like San Francisco is a mecca that people worship and yeah. you know and I like I just don't have those feelings about San Francisco. You don't? No, I know, I know, I know. It's I'm okay. You I'm, don't have to. I'm such a. How long have you been here? Two years? God, forever. No, like no, six, years. six years. It'll be six years in May or something. Okay. So like I've been here long enough where like if it was going to have enchanted me. You're not enchanted. I, I mean, I'm like I. I <laughs> It's okay. You don't have to be. I know. I feel like, I feel, I mean, and I think that like in the last couple of years, I think there are things that I've done that I would not have had the opportunity to do. But like when I first moved out here, I was like, guys, it was like my life in San Francisco is no different than my life in Buffalo. Huh. Like, it, you know, I, I work all the time because that's who I am and what I do. I, you know, I go out a lot. I go to the theater a lot. I see a lot of live music. I watch Bill's games. Like I do all <laughs> of the same things, sure. except it is four times as expensive and I don't know anyone. Like it was, I mean, and so wow. kind of getting over that hump was, was pretty hard for me um sure you weren't you haven't been when i every time i even visited san francisco back years and years ago i've always been enchanted as a child i'd come here my dad worked in the city and i was just like i love san francisco i've always like loved san francisco and then when i moved here 11 years ago i was like i i just i never want to leave i love it so much i'll do anything to stay here I love tutus on people wear weird clothes. You can do anything. You can. I just feel like, although everyone says we're so judgmental and, and PR and love the smell of our own farts, like I find it to be a really freeing place for my liberal sensibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think that the. I, I think that uh, I think that when I first moved out here, I had a couple of experiences that were were just really bizarre in terms of human interaction and it took me kind of a long time to get over that oh. also when I first moved out here like I got recruited so I came out here for a job the company that I was working for was down in Belmont of all places so I spent three and a half hours a day in my car like I, I worked in some crappy suburban office park like it was like Ooh. not great from that and then when I finally got back up here like you know like you can't do I mean it was just like it was like a yeah. weird first eight months and then the sure. office moved to the city and then I was like oh, okay now it's like but if the office had moved to the city I would have done my one year out here and been like okay I'm going home I'm gonna work remotely like peace guys right so it, I mean that changed things a lot so I think that I had just like a really really taxing first year out here yeah. and then in the job that I moved out here for I traveled two and a half weeks a month like I traveled wow const- traveled constantly and so like Fun. and so like that's like hard to put down oh too bad you didn't do comedy back then I know I know I, fuck I, I, Oh so. my god, that would be so amazing to have a job where you traveled. <gasps> Never even thought of that. That saw, would be insane. I saw so much live music though that it, I mean, yeah, no, no, that's great. But yeah, like, yeah. just yeah. But maybe, maybe with your new job, yeah. you should think of that as one of the components that you want to travel a lot because now you could set up. Yep. You could be booked everywhere, wherever you are. You'd be like a road comic, except. Not. Not. Have, not having to live like a road comic. Well, it, the real road comic, it's when you get to stay in a comedy condo, it's fun. It's oh, cool. Sure, sure. But it's different. It's like when you're doing like a week at a club or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just like, I think, and I like, I appreciate the people who are so enchanted with San Francisco. I just think like the b- people, pe- people immediately identify me as someone who like in this weird, like rust belt 
prototypical East Coast hybrid that I feel like is is a difficult personality to have here where yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I also I find um like I find interpersonal relationships out here to be so transactional and like it took me a really long time to find people that weren't like that really yeah and uh, yeah yeah and like I like and I hate the like okay like yeah let's plan for dinner on Thursday but like let's text on Wednesday to make sure and then like Thursday at four we'll like just like triple check and check blah 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 and it took me and I, I feel like over the first couple of years I was out here I met so many people who were kind of in this like yes absolutely we're gonna hang out unless something better comes along right oh yeah absolutely that's California that's not just San Francisco that's and California th- th- that's I, California I just it's I, worse down in in, in um in uh, San Diego and LA it's even worse I, that's California I just I cannot it's flakiness it's just a lot of like non-commitment like I'm not going to commit to anything but usually what ends up happening is if you want to see that person they're in the same place at the same time all the time anyway so it's like you just basically they don't want to make plans to do anything other than what they're always doing so but I just I feel like that's such just like a fundamental disrespect of other people's time absolutely so again like live your best life but like sure. that interferes with me living mine because if we make plans and then you don't show up then like that's I've missed an opportunity to go do something else exactly oh yeah and so like the, this it's all I mean and I like and I get it I'm not the easiest person you know to like I get it but like <laughs> it was so I had like a lot of trouble with like just like how do you connect with people here sure yeah that makes sense do you do you internet do you internet date have you I have I have and then like it's like it goes it goes in like fits and like I I always thought that if I was going to meet that special someone it was going to be drunk in a bar the way that God intended that's how some say raise the bar some say lower it I say meet at the bar that's exactly that's how, how I, I feel about boyfriend. things yes I met at the bar um yeah I, I like I go in fits and jerks like it'll I'll be like okay like no I should probably get serious about like whatever and then the, after the fourth like hey can I eat strawberries out of your butthole message that I'm like <laughs> and then I just think to myself nope I cannot do this no I can't do it no nope, th- just no yeah. I cannot do this yeah. so then yeah, I I've never internet dated then I then I it just I, like and Push when I talk about that. like the you know the commoditization of human interaction like that's that's all that is like sure. the, all, you know all the, hey you want to have some fun like I don't know I think that bocce ball is fun I'd love it to go play bocce ball fun. bocce like, ball is fun like have fun is a euphemism for are you gonna suck my dick like I'm just I, oh, I, I, like, yeah. I cannot like I just I gave I gave up sucking dick I just gave it up I've had a boyfriend now for six years though and he doesn't he's okay with that so I'm like I don't I used to and I used I used to a lot and I used to do it because I thought it'd make boys like me better and um that's that that didn't really work I don't think but it's just such an expectation that I'm like I don't I just don't agree with it I don't think it's an expectation that they should have I don't like think like all the time like lick my vagina like it's like you suck my dick it's like a thing like just because you have a thing that extrudes from your body doesn't mean that it always needs to be in a feminist's mouth (laughs) it's like it's the only way to shut those bitches up I'm kidding See, I can use that terminology with tongue in cheek, but don't. Ha So we talked about coming shows. This has been great, Jen. Yeah, thank you I've so much had, for having it me. It was so awesome to talk to another person who was raised similarly. But you seem to really be keeping it the the Jesus stuff together. Like, even though I know you're not professing the Jesus stuff, you're just as like a moral, kind person with a great attitude. You're 
100% there. So keep it up, Tiger. Well, I don't think anyone's ever 100% anywhere. But you know <laughs> how you, 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 you do the best you can. You do the best you can. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. This has been Some Call Me Tim. I don't know who's on next week. Um, but you should come to an open mic at Mutiny Radio or to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse this Friday. It should be a stellar show. Um, I have Tommy Arnold's coming out of retirement for it and an old comic from years ago. Uh, Mike Evans Jr. will be there and Velasca Wynn. He uh, just was profiled in the date book about being the a DA, not a DA, public defender, a PA, not a DA, and also a comic. He's a really funny guy. And Harry Wan, who has a great name, and then he has this crazy show in another language and he's like a semi-famous person and then two other people i've never met before but i trust velasca because he always brings an audience he's the fucking best <laughs> i just i'm it's so hard to market uh some call me tim thanks for being here jen levendusky look her up go to her show next tuesday upstanding comedy show.com comedy show.com bye Without a patter. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. 
Counter Offers menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offers serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes. You can also find us on social media. M as in Mary. L as in Larry. P as in Peter podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time i hope you're enjoying your view yes bye bye that, was, that kind of sucked balls
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Horoscope. 
on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Listen to MutinyRadio.fm. My name is David Stolowitz. Welcome to Getting Sketchy, our weekly incredibly sketchy workshop where we work on all styles of comedy and practice until we're perfect. That's the idea. Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours or about 10 years on average to get to that point. I don't know. I'm five years in and I'm feeling sick of waiting, so we'll see. Stay tuned.
This is MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. We've got a couple of friends here in the studio working on various projects. I got Baco here from the South Bay. You can listen to him uh, Fridays at RadioValencia.fm. And uh, we've also got Mike Spiegelman, who's got uh, a sketch show next month. Uh, Mike, what was the date on that? April 14th. Um, with uh, your friend Colin, right? Yeah. Okay. Check it out. And then uh, our new friend Christine, who has joined us and uh, is going to be working on some stuff on and off stage. It's been uh, been a difficult week for the country, but uh, lots of good things going on too. It's positive. Uh, we had a beautifully green St. Patrick's Day here in the Bay Area, and. Uh, I don't know. It's like there's a lot of chaos going on in the world, and I can always fixate on that. But there's a lot of good things, too. And just lately, I've been seeing a lot of beauty in my life with plants and animals and, yes, even people. (laughs) They surprise you occasionally. So uh, I'm trying to stay on the positive spin. I've been very angry for a very long time in my life, and it has not been terribly productive. I mean, not that anger is something you can just suppress or shove under the table, but there's healthy ways to deal with it, you know, like exercise or creativity, to a point, though. Um, I read something interesting the other day. I was looking up uh, styles of comedy, because I do improv games at Blue Chip in San Jose, and... uh, One of the things they were talking about was self-deprecating humor and how people can fall into traps with that with their family. Like when kids are young, they want to get attention, and sometimes the only way they can get that attention is negative if everybody's laughing at them. So they start subconsciously playing a role and going along with it. And then later, if you try to be a comedian, that can actually be a hindrance sometimes. Like a little self-deprecation is okay, but if you're always doing it, you can undervalue yourself then you won't uh, work as hard. You won't uh, insist you get paid a reasonable wage. You uh, will hide and mask your real need for dignity and honor and respect. And, uh, you know, comedy is great, but it's not a substitution for therapy or professional help um, as much as we like to think it's cheaper. In the long run, not necessarily, especially if you do drugs. Anyway, um, I've got some different sketch ideas that I'm going to throw around with people. Brady Holt's been working on some stuff with us. We have uh, some medical themes that we were going to look into. And then he's got ongoing work with wildebeests and donuts. I don't know how that works out. It usually turns into an eating contest. But yeah, lots of projects happening. Uh, Mutiny Radio's website has been updated. I revamped it. Uh, There was a lot of defunct stuff on there. So I I cleaned house and I've got all our our new shows and soon the showcase is coming up. I'm going to try to promote them and uh, get people to come out because I've noticed a lot of things around here are just a little bit unprofessional. And I think with a little bit of touch of class, maybe we could save this place. Who knows? Anything's possible. If you'd like to rent uh, a two-hour block for any kind of art show, or maybe even something non-arts, like political demonstrations and debates, we do that. Weekends, 8 to 10 p.m., Saturdays and Sundays. Sundays, you can do uh, 6 to 8 p.m. too. So 100 bucks, you get a two-hour block, and uh, we also have deals where you could run free shows and just give us part of the door instead. You know, we'll work with you. This is democratic here. 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is. Darn good. Special happy.